listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, Four-game heater for this team after uh, really having to run a gauntlet in their schedule. Taking nothing away from the quality of opponents, of course, but it's uh, it's nice to be back in the win column after an emotional game against Regina last night. Yeah, and an important one, too. Obviously, Regina's one of those teams that Swift Current's kind of fighting with for one of those couple last playoff spots, so that's two huge points for them, those four-point games down the stretch here. There was another one last week against Prince Albert, and uh, this one on Tuesday against Regina was the same thing. So huge win for the team, uh, late clutch goal there from uh, from Pelche to get the win, and uh, you know just great to see the guys kind of taking it the old one game at a time cliche and taking care of business night in and night out. It's been uh, very entertaining to watch. You know, as the schedule moves on and as we get further and further away from from living in a time with restrictions, the rink seems to be getting fuller and louder with each passing game, like some great atmosphere. Yeah, the announced attendance for Tuesday's game was 1,865. Uh, so for a Tuesday night, uh, that's pretty pretty great to see. And, you know, I think about some of the games the Broncos have played on the road this year with huge crowds. There was one in Brandon, I think there was like 44 hundred on the rink and the family day game in Regina there was like 6300 at the Brandt Center so it's just great to see the crowds getting back into it um, you know you hope that kind of just keeps going up and up and up as the season goes along and with only three regular season home games left uh, you hope that the crowds get bigger each of those games as well and just makes things so much more entertaining and the, the players feed off it everyone feeds off it and uh, just makes the atmosphere that much better. Yeah, and, and last night, I mean, whenever Regina's in town, I don't know what it is with Swift Current and Regina whenever they're on the ice together, but the emotional stakes always seem to be higher on the ice and in the stands in Swift Current, and it was an entertaining game last night, and, and wow, what a treat it is to be able to watch a player like Connor Bedard. I know that we're the Broncos This Week podcast <laughs> and not the CB98 This Week podcast or whatever, but just a, a special player. Yeah, we never get a chance to watch a guy like that for, you know, 18, 20 bucks. I think you really have to take advantage. Um, you know, you're not going to see many guys like that ever at this level. Um, the stuff that he's doing at his age is uh, is pretty unheard of uh, in, in junior hockey, and especially here in the WHL with him being the first exceptional status player and he had such a an uncharacteristic slow start to the year I think he had 12 points in the first 16 games and now he's over two points a game basically since mid-November so it's pretty remarkable what he's been doing and you know thankfully the Broncos were able to survive the onslaught of Bedard's offense last uh, on Tuesday to pick up the win but it is entertaining to watch a guy like that obviously you come to cheer the Broncos but when you're able to sort of watch a player like that at the same time really makes it worth it to come to the rink and uh, he was kind of on full display there on Tuesday with two goals and an assist and just a very entertaining game like you said. Yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting as well. You know, you brought it up. 12 points in 16 games for a 16-year-old, and that's considered <laughs> underachieving. Like just uh, just a, a treat to be able to watch. And uh, but, it, but it was a treat for the Broncos to be able to pick up that W last night, as you mentioned. Rafael Pelche, two-goal performance. He seems to be... I don't want to say gaining confidence because I think he's always had it, but you know he seems to be relishing the role as one of the leaders on this team. Yeah, he's kind of getting back to the you know the offensive production he had uh, earlier this year. He's on a, a four-game point streak now. You know, four goals in his last uh, four games here after those two on Tuesday. So you know, for him to kind of start getting hot again here at the right time is is perfect. Uh, you need everybody 
pulling the rope in the same direction at this time of year and especially with the stakes as high as they are looking at playoff positioning so for uh, a veteran guy like that to come up with a two-goal performance and a, a big clutch goal there with under three minutes left uh, to win the game was was massive and uh, you know he's kind of riding shotgun on that top line with uh, with Ward and Philman who was obviously not playing on Tuesday but he'll be back for the weekend and you get those guys reunited and you kind of hope that they're just able to continue that all three of them uh, heading down the stretch here Philman had goals and back-to-back before taking off for the top prospects game Ward picked up a handful of assists here lately as well so seems like that line's kind of getting back to the production they had earlier this year and you hope it just continues in the final seven games here on this week's podcast of course uh, head coach Devin Pratt will join us to break things down and uh, our feature guest is going to be Caleb Y. Rostock a guy that unfortunately hasn't been on the ice lately due to injury but uh, it sounds like the rehabbing for said injury is uh, progressing favorably yeah I got hurt in that uh, that family day game uh, in Regina and has been out since then so it's been about a month that he's been out of the lineup but um, you know he's back on the ice skating now obviously in the no contact jersey and kind of just doing things uh, by himself on the other on the other end of the rink but it's just great to see him back out there um, you know he's he'll you'll hear him say himself he's hoping for about two more weeks or so and then he'll be able to get back in for the last handful of games in the regular season and uh, you know a guy who has such a huge impact on the game not only offensively but obviously that uh, you know shift disturber style of play that he uses uh, to kind of get under his opponent's skin is able to draw penalties with the best of them because he's so agitating to play against and it's it's tough to replace a guy like that in your lineup so very much looking forward to getting him back in uh, hopefully in just a couple of weeks here. Yeah and we got a little bit of downtime between home games the next game uh, on Iplex Ice is going to be April 1st, Calgary Hetmariner in town. A weekend on the road and Saturday night, it is a tall task in uh, in Red Deer, a team that, you know, we've we've played every team that we've seen this year pretty, pretty well at one point or another, but uh, Red Deer's been a tough one for us. Yeah, Broncos haven't had a lot of success against the Rebels so far this year. There was one game in Red Deer where it was 4-2, so a pretty close one there, but, you know, there's been a handful of 5-1 games. I think there was a 6-1 game mixed in there as well, so, you know, that's a very veteran team there in Red Deer. Obviously, they are, uh, you know, looking for a championship this year with the team that they have, uh, led by uh, King and Baines, and the, the those two guys are 1-2 and two in league scoring, I think, uh, heading into uh, this weekend's action so very dangerous team they're kind of loading up uh, built to try and win this season so it's a very tall task but uh, you know the Broncos have have skated right there with teams like Edmonton they've beaten Winnipeg um, you know they've had close games against Red Deer so one final crack at them here and you hope that uh, they're able to pick up a victory because those are two more very valuable points uh, heading down the stretch here. Our feature guest on Broncos this week is Caleb Y. Rostock but in the much more immediate future a chat with head coach Devin Pratt follows this. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Swift Current Bronco head coach Devin Pratt joins us in the midst of a four-game unbeaten streak for his team. Uh, Devin, last night, uh, what a fun one here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex. I mean, hot crowd, good game. I imagine you guys maybe would have liked a few more shots on goal or scoring opportunities, but uh, break that one down for us. Yeah, I mean, I think... um when we look back at the game, we we wish we look for better puck management. I thought that we had a lot of turnovers at our blue, at their blue. Um, but it generally, even when we were a little passive in the D zone, we were structurally sound where we were keeping them to the outside and limited their, their opportunities. Um, you know, they had some rebounds, they had some chances from the inside. But I thought overall throughout the night, although we were outshot, we weren't necess- necessarily outchanced or uh, uh, totally outplayed, I guess, in that manner. And, 
um, guys capitalized on the opportunities that we had. So it was uh, the, the rink was buzzing, um, lots of energy, um, and you know for our guys to get the lead, give up the lead uh, three times, and to kind of find a way uh, to keep plugging and keep grinding, and uh, to stay you know mentally strong in the third period, especially after that penalty shot, and to stick with it, and to find that goal late in the game was huge. So uh, missing some key guys from our lineup, and I think that showed a little bit as well and a uh, guy stepped up embraced the opportunity and grabbed a little bit more rope to pull for the group and uh, really proud of us to come out on the right side of that it seems like the last couple of games against Regina it's been those back and forth games where one team takes lead the other team comes right back and scores not long after so for your team to have four separate leads in that game and answer back you know relatively quickly each time I'm sure you were happy to see that yeah I mean yeah kind of alluded to that earlier where it was just um, just great response from the group not necessarily playing our A game, our B game, uh, but finding our C game and finding a way for that to uh, be effective enough for us to have success. So, um, yeah, I mean, we want to embrace a zero-zero mentality no matter what the score is all game long, and I thought our guys did a good job of um, rolling with the punches, dealing with the negatives, dealing with the goals against, and jumping right back out and uh, finding and creating opportunities for us. You know, uh, and, and you, you touched on it earlier, and I want to elaborate on it. You were missing three key pieces to the uh, prospects game and that's an amazing opportunity you certainly never want to begrudge a, a kid the opportunity to play in that game but you as a coach have to be happy with the fact that you did find a way to win without having those key pieces in your lineup yeah yeah for sure and I think it's uh, something that we've seen here uh, a few times down the stretch of the second half where we've had high character wins where we've had guys step up and play in different roles and responsibilities and and be effective and get the job done and um, that just speaks to the growth and the the depth of our team and the confidence we have in uh, next man up right and it can't be a scenario where um, you're going into a big game and someone gets injured early and the wheels come off and no one's there and ready to respond you need to be able to have confidence um, as a coach but also as a player that someone else is going to step into that role and be effective and get the job done so hats off to the guys uh, a gutsy effort um, we battled through it we didn't have our legs uh, I didn't think we had necessarily uh, our head for the game either just with our puck touches and being a little bit loose with that but uh, you know we're trying to plays hard um they forecheck hard they get on you quick and they cause a lot of turnovers and um at the end of the day i thought that we did a good job of keeping them to the outside you know they had two power play goals and a penalty shot so five on five uh we won that battle and that's at the end of the day what separated your team has scored 18 goals in the last four games now following that game and nice to see the offense kind of come back to life a bit the confidence kind of getting up there and guys like rafael pelche finding his way again offensively too and connor viston's got a five game point streak so nice to see those uh, kind of big guns for you step up again yeah, for sure. I mean, we went through a little bit of a dry spell there. I think we had maybe three and four or four and four goals, and it was just, uh, you know, embracing the mindset of if there's a puck around the net in practice, bang it in. It doesn't matter if it's the one you shot or not. Just get in the mindset of feeling good, putting pucks in net, getting your mojo going, watch your own clips, watch your goals, um, have energy, and then have confidence. Don't look at it. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing when you're in the game and you're in the battle. You get a scoring chance and you miss 
pass and you get a second scoring chance and you miss and you get a little frustrated and um, you know it's my what I always say to them there is don't be frustrated when you're getting chances get frustrated when you're not getting chances at all you know if you play a full game and you don't have a scoring chance at all then you're doing something wrong and you got to get to some different areas if you're getting scoring chances it's a matter of time you're you're creating for yourself you're getting to the right spots you're doing everything right you're just not getting rewarded for it so be ready for your next chance be uh you know have a little bit more of a positive and optimistic look at it and just see that you're going to have another chance if you keep doing things the way you are that night and um you know hopefully you can uh get it across the line and do the job. A guy who's been burying on some of those chances you're talking about uh, in recent history is Carson King. Uh, you look at his stats over the last week, where, where did he come from? <laughs> yeah, Kinger has, uh, you know, we talked on here last week about it too. Uh, he's stepping up and he's embracing opportunity in minutes and um, the biggest thing for him is his growth kind of away from the puck um, because, you know, he's always had the skills, he's always had the puck touches, uh, he has the finish. Uh, he needed to, to get one here and uh, it seems that after he got one, he's just kind of had that confidence, um, you know, to, to shoot pucks and to be a shoot-first mentality guy. But it's, you know, being able to be an effective player at this level without the puck defensively, uh, in our D zone, in good positions, using his good stick, getting to good areas, and uh, and then getting rewarded in the offensive zone. So great growth by him. Uh, really excited about his future. And, uh, you know, it's nothing but uh, hard work ahead of him and getting rewarded for it. One game at a time, of course. Uh, that next one coming up is in Red Deer on Saturday. That's, uh, you know, the last time you're going to face one of those top four teams this season uh, until a potential playoff matchup. But that's a team that you have had some struggles against so far this year. Obviously, they're a very veteran team. Uh, what has to sort of change to try and pick up a victory against the Red Deer Rebels on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, the challenge for us is uh, focusing on puck drop. You know, I think as a group, um, we're not one, satisfied with the results, but two, also that we just haven't really established our process against them yet. We don't feel like we've had a, a quality quality game um, where we've made them really earn things where uh, it just seems we get down early and we're chasing it all night and uh, they're a good team Uh, hats off to them they're effective they lug pucks in tough areas they make you come through them Um, so for us it's embracing that the grind of the game but it's you know we're gonna have to be on our toes we're gonna have to play with some pace we're gonna have to be uh, physical and finishing our checks and we're gonna have to manage the puck a whole lot better than we did here the other night and um, you know I think for our group it's exciting it's a great opportunity and it's a great challenge ahead of us we're coming in um you know in a a good spot as a group feeling confident in our play of late and being able to establish our process and our identity and finding results but uh when the puck drops it doesn't matter it's just being live being there being present and in the moment and i'm excited for our guys to get there and embrace that challenge our feature guest on the podcast this week the conversation that people are going to hear after this one with you is uh, one with caleb y rostock um you know, obviously you haven't had his services uh, available to you for the past few weeks, and we're hoping for a, a, a return to the lineup soon for him. But, you know, talk about the impact of him, you know, on and off the ice with this team. Yeah, I mean, Caleb's, uh, we, we kind of say that he's like the Bronco identity. Um, he's a bit of a throwback where he doesn't take any shortcuts on the ice. He takes hard routes. Uh, he finishes his check. Um, he provides, he like walks the line, doesn't cross it, crosses it sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, and he 
can score. He's got a great shot. He's got offensive instincts, and he plays the game with pace. So, um, you know, he's kind of one of those guys is a do as I do, not necessarily a do as I say. Uh, he's not overly vocal and engaged that way, but he's always physically engaged. He's always giving his best and giving a maximum effort. And, um, you know, it just even the the opportunity he's had to lead here, um, not being able to be in the lineup, but the way he carries himself, uh, the way he's rehabbing, uh, the detail he's putting into his off-ice workouts, what he's eating, trying to bulk up a little bit here. So using the time as effective as he can um, and not being able to be in the lineup with his injury. So um, he's one of those guys I, I feel confident that when he gets back and he gets the green light to get in the lineup, he's going to hit the ground running and, and be fully prepared for that. And that is, uh, you know, that's a sign of leadership for our young guys to be around and to see how a guy carries himself. And, um, you know, he puts uh, his body first and taking care of himself and getting himself ready to play. So, um, yeah, we, we miss him and uh, we look forward to getting him back when uh, that time comes. It's a business mentality down the stretch here, but these guys are playing very meaningful hockey games here heading into the final weeks of the regular season. How much fun do you think they're kind of having enjoying these games here? Yeah, I think, you know, pressure is a privilege and we've earned this uh, this right to be in this mix. It's not 10, 20, 30 games into the year. We're 60 games in. We're coming into the home stretch and we're right in the, the thick of things. So this was our goal from day one. We knew it wasn't going to be easy, but we're here and we're living it. And I think it's just, just such a, a valuable experience for our group to go through this right down to the final uh, wire. And then, you know, uh, uh, if we're successful at getting into the playoffs, then that experience even tenfolds just by going through the process of preparing for a playoff round and playing through that. And uh, once you get in, you never know. So, um, you know, really excited for the way we respond. We knew we had a tough stretch in our schedule. Uh, we came out of it with some points. Uh, we had some great efforts. And um, then we've entered into an area in our schedule where we thought we really had to get on the attack, where we really had to capitalize and take it one game at a time. And like you said, that's what we're uh, we're going to focus on puck drop here Saturday. Yeah, and uh, just prior to coming into the podcast room here and sitting in the hot seat, looks like you were doing some uh, shopping at the stable. You got you got some mini sticks there. What's yeah. the story with that? Yeah, Charlie likes to play uh, the old mini sticks. So he's a he he's got the Bronco. He says Bonk Bows is what he calls it, <laughs> but he's got the logo down. Um, it'll be he can see it anywhere. He loves wearing the jerseys. He's wore the jerseys to bed here the last couple weeks. Uh, he wakes up, he puts it on, and uh, he loves to play his mini sticks. And uh, I think he he likes the goalies a little bit too. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I think he was about three months old when he's in the Jolly Jumper, and uh, I started shooting on him just with little Nerf balls. Just kind of- my mindset wasn't necessarily to create a goalie, but someone who didn't mind blocking a shot or the character thing. So I don't know where the skill set will be, but I'm uh, hoping that I develop the, you know, the the guts to, to block shots and do the hard things and be physical. So he, he enjoyed that back then, and uh, he enjoys it now. So he, whether he gets me to put the gear on or he puts a little bit of the gear on himself, uh, he's not speaking in full sentences, but he does know net, puck, stick, uh, mitt, uh, helmet. He loves putting on a helmet. And uh, recently, uh, we've always kind of done a little introduction of number 20, Charlie Pratt, the year he was born, uh, and your Swift Current Broncos, that he'd get fired up and come out, uh, run into the living room. And uh, it's evolved now that he gets a little, he likes to enjoy uh, about 30 seconds of O Canada, where he stands still. Nice. And then uh, then we get into the mix. So I got him a little goalie mini stick to go with his other 20 sticks he has at home. So. 
He's got, he's got enough for a, a gang to play a full game if, if they come around. Just the visual of that jolly jumper. and Yeah, that's you're winning at fatherhood, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Devin Pratt joining us on uh, Broncos this week. Uh, sounds like next time Dave's in town working with the goalies, we might have another another guy out on the yeah. ice with him doing some work, I'd say. Yeah, Thanks for we'll this, Devin. Uh, best of luck this weekend, man. Thank you very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, I sincerely hope I'm saying this right. Caleb, why Rostock? Yes. <laughs> 10 out of 10? Yeah, 10. All right, perfect. That's our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast, a guy that hasn't been in the lineup for a while, and his presence has certainly been missed. Uh, you know, how, how's everything going over the, the last few weeks with your, your injury situation? Yeah, I mean, obviously it sucks. It's an unfortunate kind of just an accident of a situation. So I'm doing my best to, to rehab it and then hopefully get back for a playoff push here. So. And you're back out there now. You've been practicing the last couple of days here. I can't imagine how excited you were when you got the, the green light to jump back on the ice. Yeah, it's awesome. I was uh, grilling Andrew a bit, kind of wanted to get on the ice, even if I was just skating in straight lines and stuff. So it was definitely a, a relief to be back out there for the first time in a while. So, You know, it's a, it, it's a lower body injury. How challenging is it to keep yourself in shape, in physical condition? Because I think people underestimate the type of physical condition that you have to be in to be competitive at this league. How's that challenge been for you, you know, keeping yourself, you know, ready to go and in shape? Yeah, I mean, obviously the cardio is probably the hardest part. Just getting back into game shape is probably what takes the longest and the most amount of effort. And then um, depending on some lower body injuries, you can lose a lot of muscle mass. So I lost a bit of muscle mass in my leg. And then just, I guess, getting that back is it's it's a lot of work, actually. Like I've been I've been doing a lot in the gym and a lot for rehab. So it's been a grind. But And I guess working very closely with uh, Andrew Kudenkoff there, I'm sure he kind of plans out. Is it like weekly schedules for you or daily schedules for you for things on what you can work on and try and build that muscle back up yeah in the early stages it was week to week stuff and now um it's getting getting better the rehab's going well so it's more it's more day-to-day stuff now which which is going good so yeah what kind of a timeline are you looking at um i'm hoping next two weeks week and a half so i mean i'm hoping the boys uh can make a a big playoff push here and obviously a big win been big win last night against regina and then i mean we got some some tough games ahead but i think we're looking to to make a, a good run so and, and it makes things exciting too obviously i know you want to be in the lineup but to be able to watch these last four games especially four game winning streak here you see how the playoff picture is still as tight as it was i mean two months ago but it makes things exciting down the stretch doesn't it yeah i mean obviously like three points separating four teams in the standing so i mean every game means a heck of a lot like it did two months ago it does now so and i mean obviously in the stands i get to hear the fans and stuff so it was, it was crazy the atmosphere the last game so yeah and you know we talked about it with uh, with devin last week you know how much do you guys feed off that you know off a lively crowd and the crowd showing that they have your back oh yeah you can you can 100 percent tell that the guys use that as momentum and energy um there'd be a goal against or something the, the crowd will get into it and it'll totally totally swing the momentum so it's it's huge for us honestly well and with that obviously playing in the hub last year with no fans uh, how how difficult was that for you or was it difficult? Did you kind of notice it once the game started? Uh, in the hub last year, you didn't notice it when the game started, but you 100% noticed the fans in the building now. Like, I mean, it's 
it's something that we obviously didn't get to experience last year and it's kind of surreal to experience this year so yeah you know it was funny a few weeks ago I went and watched you guys play in Saskatoon and I was there with one of my buddies who lived there so I'm telling them about all the team like these kids are ranked by central scouting and everything and then I point out and I say you know at 19 he's kind of a like a Brad Marchand agitator type player and 30 seconds later you're like getting into it with some guy before the puck even <laughs> dropped so you made me look real smart there but uh, you know how up until this injury happened how did you feel that your first full season in the dub was going I think it was going really well um, I think obviously I'd like to put up uh, a bit more numbers um, but I think as far as kind of just playing whatever role um, coach needs me and I thought I was doing a great job of that and then obviously my specialty kind of getting under the other team's skin so I thought I was I thought I was doing a good job of that too and when you look at your penalty minute totals over your minor hockey career it kind of seems like you've played that way for a long time now was there kind of a moment where you thought I want to be that kind of player um, I don't know if there's an exact moment that I thought that um, I mean it kind of it honestly kind of just happened um my years in midget kind of the coach I had was Matt Tassoni he was a really he was a very very uh similar style of player like me so I think I kind of fed off some of that from him and learned that from him up in my days at NAX there but um I don't think there was any specific moment it kind of just worked out for me so I remember Tazer when he played here and he wasn't on the level that you are in that regard <laughs> certainly a skilled player and everything but you know talk about him a little bit he's a Bronco alum what kind of an impact did uh, did he have on your career yeah I mean obviously I was up there for a whole year and like you said like he's he's probably one of my best coaches I've had in my hockey career and has given me the most development and I mean great guy on and off the ice great coach um but yeah he really embraces that kind of gritty like he knows he knows what kind of like I guess playing style like you need to play if you're not one of those like high-end skill guys so it was really it was really nice to learn from him for those like eight nine months I was up there so and you spent two years with the NAX program one of the uh, U16 level one of the U18 level and that was the first time you kind of left home obviously you met it's not Edmonton not that far away but still at a young age to move away from home and know how close you and your family are so what was that kind of uh, transition like for you? Yeah, I mean, moving away when I was that young, it was obviously hard, but I think, I think I'm looking back now, I think I definitely made the right call. Um, I went up there kind of to get the, a different development aspect that I maybe not was getting in Medicine Hat, but I think, I mean, obviously I think it panned out well. I mean, the, the guys I, I met up there, the friends I made and stuff, like I still know a, a handful of guys that, that play in this league now, so it's, it's nice kind of looking back on it now there's not a ton of ninth round draft picks that find themselves in a top six role uh on their teams how was the draft experience for you and not having your name called till the ninth round was that any way discouraging and did it help motivate you uh i don't know if it was discouraging because i wasn't really i didn't really have any high expectations um going into the draft so i was kind of i was just i was watching it obviously i knew a bunch of the guys that were getting drafted and stuff like that but um it was actually one of my buddies i was in school and one of my buddies like came up to me from a different class actually and was like man like you just got drafted in the ninth round i was like oh wow i was like wow i like i didn't, I didn't even know that so it was obviously i mean getting drafted at all was like a huge honor like no matter if it's the first round or ninth round so i was i was pretty stoked honestly and that draft i think happened during was it during the WHO final or right before the WHO mm -hmm. final that year so yep. you would have seen you get drafted by swift current and then you see that they're playing in the final how closely did you kind of follow that series yeah i mean i think it was right before maybe like after the first game that they were in the finals and then like after that i was i was tuning into the radio and stuff like that and listening to the game and and watching kind of the highlights and stuff like that so it was, it was pretty cool to see that they they obviously uh, won that year 
year, but it was pretty it was pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that you weren't in the lineup this past Saturday, but what's it like for you when you go back and, and play games in Med Hat? Um, I think obviously growing up and, and watching the team it's it's kind of a I guess I don't wanna undermine all the other games, but that's definitely like one of the bigger games and ones I have kinda of highlighted on my schedule and stuff like that. Um I have lots of friends and family that come and watch, but I, I try to treat it as any other game, but it definitely it's definitely pretty cool playing in the town that you grew up in. So, And I think the first game the Broncos played there this year, you scored, sure enough, the second game of the season. I can't imagine what a feeling that must have been for you. I think it would have been your first WHL game in Medicine Hat, considering all the, the COVID and the hub stuff. So for you to score in your first game in Medicine Hat, uh, how excited were you? Oh, I was pumped, yeah. I mean, I think it was second shift of the game, so we started off early. But, I mean, yeah, it was it was great to – I mean, I didn't I didn't hear many much cheering, but uh, <laughs> I definitely knew that there were some friends and, and family probably cheering silently because they didn't want to get glared at and stuff like that. But <laughs> Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but your Western Hockey League regular season debut was in Edmonton at it was, Rogers yeah. Place, right? Now, was that the game you scored that goal in Yeah, your first one? Yeah. Like, what a welcome to the Western <laughs> Hockey League that must have been. You score, and not just any goal. I mean, you're suddenly on plays of the week and blowing up there. Like, that That must have been a cool experience. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I didn't really go on my phone after until I got home, and then I looked at my phone, and it was definitely blown up. It probably took me two or three hours to respond to all the, the texts and notifications I got but yeah it was it was a crazy experience kind of I kind of honestly blacked out during the whole thing and don't remember much but <laughs> and I remember talking to you about that and you kind of said you felt fine all day leading up to that game you're making your debut and it wasn't really till you were getting ready to step on the ice that you kind of started to feel a little nervous yeah I mean obviously getting dressed and warming up and stuff I was fine and then yeah once once I put on the helmet and it was standing in the tunnel the nerves kind of set in and I was like holy crap like <laughs> I'm stepping on the ice. It's like the Oilers play here. Like this is this is crazy. So, but after the first shift, I mean, like throw a hit, get hit and stuff, and get a couple of puck touches in, and then it was good to go. So yeah, you know, in terms of off ice activity and stuff, you know, restrictions are starting to get lifted. You guys are able to do a little bit more. What kind of what kind of things keep you busy in your free time? Um, right now we actually it's getting nice out. So we actually went to the basketball court the other day. I mean, a couple guys. Um, played with that and then i mean pickering has a hot tub at his house so we use we use that hot tub a lot a couple of us more than more than i'd like to admit but it's definitely a great pregame ritual and then yeah i mean once the weather gets even nicer we'll probably hit the baseball diamond stuff like that so what about uh, off season you obviously spend that uh, in medicine out so what sorts of things are you doing in a, a normal day uh, during the off season yeah i mean off season i usually work um from probably seven till like three and then i get off work usually Usually, usually get a workout in and then probably skate at night so gotta ask the question uh tv shows and video games what are you into uh tv shows blacklist for sure and then video games i actually i made a little pack to myself so i ended up selling my ps4 like oh, early wow. in the season here wow. so i thought i was gonna get a bit too distracted on that so i had just some school to finish up and then did that but yeah i sold my ps4 so no video games for for caleb anymore was that tough <laughs> it was tough yeah it was very tough yeah <laughs> you're gonna stick with that for now you think you're gonna might get back to it eventually or? i uh, i don't know i might get back there eventually but yeah i think i'm gonna stick with it for now it's been good it's uh it's cool to talk to you right now because I remember us doing the Zoom chat with you. You were 16 years old. You know, you had just signed with the team. And then now here you are. You got the beard growing and everything. <laughs> like, how's it, it looks like the Western League has made you more mature as a human being. Yeah, I think 
I think any like person could probably vouch for that and say that just being around I guess the older guys the 20s you kind of pick up on like the maturity that they have and stuff like that so I think I've used I think I picked up on that last year in the bubble obviously and then took that into the summer and then this year from all the 20s we've had this year so you've had a, an A on your jersey I think all season long um, I mean I'm sure there was a sort of a conversation you had with the coaching staff maybe at the end of training camp or something uh, why do you think they felt uh, you deserve to have a letter on your jersey um, I think I don't I don't know if it's necessarily my off-ice presence, but I think it's my on-ice. Like, I think I lead by example on the ice, and I'm not the guy to give a speech in the dressing room or anything like that, but I think my play on the ice kind of is what gave me that, I guess, leadership role. So, Yeah, well, we thank you for taking some time and coming to this half of the rink to, to have a chat with us today. It's greatly appreciated. Really, really excited to hear that it sounds like your injury situation may be a bit ahead of schedule, and, uh, you know, hopefully you're back on ice before you know it. But thanks for doing this, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Caleb Y. Rostock on Broncos This Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up another edition of Broncos This Week, a big thanks to head coach Devin Pratt and our feature guest Caleb Y. Rostock for joining us on the podcast as uh, the team enjoys a little bit of downtime before boarding the bus for a weekend in the 403. Yeah, a big uh, game in Saturday or on uh, on Saturday in Red Deer against the Rebels, sixth and final meeting with them, and then a even bigger game against the Calgary Hitmen on Sunday. Um, after Saturday's game, the Broncos are going to have six games left in the schedule, three of those six coming against the Calgary Hitmen, and that's another one of those teams that's in that playoff hunt uh, sitting in 11th as of Wednesday. So uh, very important games down the stretch. Every game is, but those ones uh, against teams that are around the Broncos, like the ones we've seen recently with Prince Albert and uh, Regina, same thing with Calgary here, and then next week on Wednesday they're in Lethbridge. So uh, the final six games for Swift Current are all against teams that are fighting for those playoff spots. So uh, Broncos kind of have their own destiny in their hands here down the stretch if they're able to continue the strong play. Yeah, it, the most recent game that the Broncos have played at the time of recording this was that 5-3 win against uh, Regina with an empty net goal at the end there by Carter Stebbings. But, you know, Coach Pratt talked about it, the fact that they had the lead, they, they gave up the lead. They seem to be finding some extra character as, as the season goes on here yeah and you have to um you know obviously sometimes uh, a team's going to answer back with whether you score and then they answer right back or a team scores two quick ones and you got to find a way to to put it past you and, and refocus and we've seen especially seemingly against Regina this team has been able to do that a lot um they'll, they'll get scored on or Regina will answer back quickly after the Broncos score which is kind of what happened on Tuesday and it doesn't really seem to bother the Broncos they kind of just refocus get right back out and, and take the lead again so it was great to see them do that four times on Tuesday with uh, having four separate leads and found a way to get the job done with a late goal there and then uh, you know with the net empty and Regina pressing got a maybe a bit of a fortunate bounce there off the stick of Riker Evans to set up that empty netter so uh, took care of business again and they know it's that one game at a time mentality and they're just kind of refocusing here for Saturday in Red Deer. Yeah, and, uh, you know, at the time of recording this, the top prospects game still hadn't happened yet, but certainly best of luck to Reed Dick, Owen Pickering, and Josh Philman for the chance to play in a very high-profile game. Yeah, super cool to have, I mean, three guys from one organization at that event is, is pretty awesome. And, um, you know, best of luck to those three guys. You know, they drove them to the airport in Regina on Monday morning to, to fly them out, and they were, you know, they were pretty excited kind of running down their schedule, talking about the guys who were on their team. Philman and, uh, and Dick are on uh, Shane Wright's team, so there was a lot of talk about that on the drive up. So, 
they're excited for it, and uh, as they should be. It's a pretty prestigious event to be there. Only 40 guys across the whole country get to be there, and, and three of them are Swift Current Broncos. So a pretty special event, and uh, looking forward to seeing those guys and how they perform uh, in that game. All right, a big thanks to head coach Devin Pratt and Caleb Y. Rostock for joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast. That'll do it. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.